Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast. Presenting the very best panels, seminars, and other discussions concerning game design and publishing. This has been made possible by Double Exposure and their leading game design convention, Metatopia. Now to the show. Episode 59, Style Guides Are Your Friend. Recorded at Metatopia 2014. Presented by John Adamus and Amanda Valentine. Apologies that the last 20 minutes or so of the audio have been cut off, but the rest of the content is still fantastic. So, enjoy. Hi, everybody. Hi. Sorry I'm late. Uh, so, this is Style Guides and other technical things as we think of them. Uh, hello. Uh, I'm John Adamus. I am the writer next door. And that is Amanda Valentine. It's true. She is. Um, we edit things often together. So uh, this is a little bit more technical of a panel. At least I think it would be or should be. Uh, but we will answer questions as we get to them. Uh, we're going to talk about what a style guide is and why the hell you should use them all the time. And how to make them. Ish. That's ish. Ish. I, I have some anyway. That's fine. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> fine. So uh, we should probably define what one is first. So a style guide is some uh, instructive document that explains all the things the both the writer and layout person need to be cognizant of when producing a thing from a manuscript idea level to a production level. It'll include things like um, these terms when used in the book get capitalized. It'll talk about uh, these terms when in the book don't get capitalized. Or how you write a specific thing. Like here's how we write example text. Mm -hmm. It will also include some manner of uh, markup which is not standardized. Um, so I know what markup is. Markup is like it's like basic code HTML sort of markup, that kind of idea. The idea of, of using specific symbols and markers to indicate special changes you're making. Or sometimes people prefer to use styles. Yeah, you can use Usually InDesign hates them, but yes. um, but some layout people prefer styles. Yeah. In which case, your style guide includes styles instead of markup. But it's some sort of way of recognizing that this text, we're going to do something different than just make it straight text. We're going to change its font, we're going to make it bold, we're going to make it italic. We're going to indent it. We're going to make a list. That kind of stuff. Uh, having those elements uh, make the book uh, a book. It helps sort of create the idea that it's not just 300 pages of paragraphs. That it's not a academic paper or a term paper or somebody's sixth grade book report. Um, the entire document is constantly growing. It's not set in stone. So if you find, if you, if you create one, and we'll work backwards, I guess, but when you create one and all of a sudden as you're working on a project, you're like, oh, well, we keep running into this issue. People, writers, or someone keep forgetting to use the proper tag at our situation, and they found an exception to the rule that needs to be made clearer, you write it in the style guide somewhere in some sort of logical fact. Now, I should say that a style guide is generally laid out logically. It's not just, here's a list of 600 bullet points. Try to pay attention. You sort of organize it in terms of, here's all the stuff that deals with punctuation. We use the Oxford comma. Uh, we, don't, uh, make, uh, we don't make serialized lists with phrases. 
Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other style guides I've written. Uh, here's how you do bold. Here's how you do example. Here's how you do this book stylistic thing, whatever it might be. Spaces or no spaces around your M dash. Yeah. How do you do an ellipses? Because there are a couple of different ways that you can do that too. How many hard returns do you do after a paragraph? Will layout be forgiving if all of a sudden you let one slide? How do you do page breaks? How you do this stuff to make the text in whatever word processor you're using the easiest conversion to InDesign or whatever design. I'm going to assume InDesign. But whatever format. Whatever your layout person wants. Yes. So uh, that would require you then to talk to the layout person. And while I will always maintain that layout people are magical alchemists, uh, you can actually have conversations with them. Uh, the layout people I generally talk to intimidate the living shit out of me because they're really good at it. And I can just say, can we make this, this thing? And they go, uh-huh, without any sort of, like, what do you mean? I don't need to explain myself. They just get it, and that's frightening. So, um, but usually, yes, it involves talking to the layout person. Because if things need to change, because you've been doing, you've been tagging one thing with this tag forever, thinking it's a totally valid tag, and the layout person comes back to you and says, I don't know what you do, but you keep doing it. Could you stop? You need to be aware of uh, what you're doing wrong and then change it so that you stop doing that behavior or tag or whatever thing. Um, how you write one, uh, open a Word document or whatever word processor you're using and just start listing things and try to keep them all grouped together. Here's how we handle all the punctuation changes. Here's how we handle all the stylistic stuff. Here's how we handle the list of capitalization. Here are the terms you need to know when you write this game system. Here's, you know, capitalize this, don't use this. We call, you know, you might call, game A might call it this, but game B calls it this. Uh, and it's it's there so you can keep everything straight. If you don't understand it, the writer definitely isn't. Uh, because writers tend to look at these things and go, yeah, I got it. And kind of look for the broad brush strokes. Like, okay, we bold, fine, I can do that. And then all of a sudden, they're not going to get into the finer points. Because that's they're going to say that's not really their jam. They're going to say, oh, well, you'll get it. You'll get it in editing. Sometimes you do and sometimes you don't, and it sucks. But you do the best you can. But uh, it's, it's for all three of you. It's for the writer, the editor, and the layout person to sort of uh, synchronize in terms of, this is we're making a thing, this is how we do it. And the, even if your style guide has to be long, and by long I mean like less than 12 pages, but still sizable. If it needs to be that, it's that. If it needs to be a page, it's a page. It needs to be four bullet points. Let it be four bullet points. But you need to have one. Yes, John. Are there any generic lists of common things that belong in the style guide, like Oxford commas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oxford commas probably going to be the first thing that I would say you need. But I think he's wondering if there are lists that exist rather than right. us giving you one that right exists. Now, yeah, that's like, oh, like, is there like always make sure your style guide has these. No, because not everybody can agree on everything. Because there's oh. so many that I found. That might not be the case. I, I think probably if you search, I haven't done it. I make mine off, mine up off the cuff, more or less. Yeah. But um, I'm sure that if you looked up style guides, you would find categories that you should probably make sure you address. Some of those categories are totally not going to apply to whatever you're doing. Um, and as far as what's actually in them, that's your call. As an editor, I will fight you if you say that you don't want the Oxford comma. But in the end, oh. if you don't want the Oxford comma, I will take yeah. those commas out crying <clears throat> each time I do. But... You know, it, it is the style guide to be to make sure the book is the way that you want it. 
it's because you cannot assume that everybody's going to have, you know, that everybody knows that you want spaces around your M-dash. That varies on every project I work on, I think. That's probably the yes. one with the most variety. Um, well, and when you might use an M-dash for certain things as opposed to... An M-dash, M-dash. yes. I try very hard to ignore that one and pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> I just use a hyphen and move past. Um, I mean, there are basics you can do. Like, you can just get the Chicago Manual of Style or the AP Guide and let that be sort of the rough mm-hmm. start. But that's not going to have... Like, the Chicago Manual of Style does not, to the best of my knowledge, uh, cover most gaming, if any. Well, it also doesn't cover styles or, or markup or whatever. It doesn't cover markup. So all of that, you're going to have to come up with your, on your own anyway. And I've always, I understand the, the idea of let's have a standardized list and start that as a template. But for me, uh, given the number of things I do and the number of different things I do, writing it from scratch really allows me to have a conversation with the writer and the layout person about, do you really want this? Am I understanding you correctly? Are you getting your idea across? Because if I make an assumption uh, and I'm, I think you're doing A and you're doing B and I have formatted A all the way throughout then that's on me. And I'd rather, me personally, rather not have to make that assumption and go, well, it's, it's, it's all right. I'd rather, have more, I'd rather have that conversation and clarity and take the extra afternoon to write a style guide and then send it to you and have you go, yep, we're good. Because even if that's it, I'm fine and we can all go forward. Um, it's not, for me, it's a, not enough of a reason to just sort of blanket it. Now, I will say that if we're... If a lot of people are working on similar veined products, like everybody's doing a fake core thing, then like we can all go, well, here's the fake core guide, go. And I don't have to specify it past that. But when you start individuating products, when you've got like, oh, well, this guy's doing this thing, and this lady's doing this thing, and these two people are doing this. If they're separate products that can't be governed by something I already have on hand, I do it from scratch. It also lets them have it just like, it helps them choose what they want to do, because you will ask like, how do you feel about the Oxford comma? And they go, the what? And after I make a face, I patiently patiently try to explain what the Oxford comma is, give them an example, and go, do you like that? And they go, uh-huh, and then I write it in. But it's it's more about informing them as much as it is forming me. Let's take your question. You had a question before, I'm sorry. I wound up answering it in oh, the very next sentence. Awesome. <laughs> go me. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's why you... Uh, I lost my train of thought. So yeah, having having a style guide will make your life easier. I don't know anybody who wants to make their life harder, so style guides are a thing. Now here's the thing. When I'm working on a brand new project, someone who hasn't put out a book before in this line or whatever, trying to make up a style guide before I have the text is an exercise in futility. And if I know I'm going to be working on a line of books here, I will frequently wait until I am done with the first book to make my style guide because by then I know what I need to put in it because I can't just guess. Um, Like, okay, so I used to work for Margaret Wise Productions, tons and tons of Cortex Plus books. I knew some things would carry over and so that would be a base, but who knows what the hell they're going to call this thing this time around. And so that had to wait. And to take the time away while I'm working on that first book to make a new style guide frequently not worth it when I needed the writers to create the text before I could even figure out what needed to go in the style guide um, so you don't have to have a style guide before you start if you can, if you have that idea in your head fantastic, go for it but this is going to be a living thing and there will always be something that isn't in there 
Um, Evil Hut keeps theirs on Dropbox, which is nice because everybody has access to it. And we probably, one or the other of us, updates it. Monthly, weekly. Yeah. Sometimes weekly, depending if we're doing a lot of things in a short window of time. And we just, you know, take the document, change the date, add in the thing we want, tell the other person we've added a thing, and then just leave it in Dropbox. And so I am hoping that everybody who uses that style guide is going to Dropbox, not relying on whatever's on their desktop. But I'm also not going to email it out to them every single freaking time we update it. This needs to be a living document because it is going to continue to change. You're going to come up with something that you didn't even realize needed to be in there. Um, And so it's definitely worth having it in some place that it can sort of live and breathe and change and grow. Now, if it's just you and a person making a thing, then yes, it, you, you can email the one person the thing when you make the change, obviously. But as it sort of evolves into more and more people, as you get into layout, as you start bringing in, oh, well, we're going to get it, we're going to kickstart, we're going to stretch goal, we need another writer to write some fiction. As it starts to expand, you start drawing more people in, you need to make it less individually available and more collectively available. So Dropbox, Sherio, that kind of stuff. If you're going to do more than one book... Put it in Dropbox. Don't rely on it being wherever he was in the last email. You want it to live someplace permanent. Always assume they will lose the email that contains the style guide. Or you'll lose the email that contains yes, the style guide. Because it, it, it just gets lost in the important yet red column of, of Gmail. So um, stick it somewhere and where everybody knows it. Don't bury it in some folder and go, we have a style guide. It's 31 file folders deep in the back and it's labeled SG. Make it known what it is. Put the name on it. Call it a style guide and put a date so you know when you last touched it. Yes, dating it is very, a very good idea. What questions do people have? We could keep babbling the entire oh, I, time. But... She and I babble. It's awesome. <laughs> questions. Uh, so if you're, um, say, starting out with, like, say, you're self-publishing one mm-hmm. book or something, sure. and you work with an editor, and you, will that editor happily send you, like, an example style guide from another project that you might... It depends on the editor. Start? Okay. Because not every editor will have a backlog of them. Okay. Because and, not, not every editor will write their own. And not yeah. every editor will be able to share the ones they have? Right, because it might be NDA or something. Well, like even that. more than that, even it's just, it's not it's not applicable. Yeah. Like, oh, I have, yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, if they have something that's applicable as a starter. Yeah, if it's applicable, but on the whole, I usually start from scratch because I, I don't want you, if we're making a thing, you and I, we're going to make an example. You and I are making a thing. Yes. Um, yes, I can... I'm not leaving it to you to write the style guide. That, that's on me. That's, yeah, okay. I, I need that paycheck. So, um, <laughs> but it's, it's, I'm not leaving it to you because you've got to write the text. That's, right. your, that's, your, that's your end of this equation. I can write the style guide, but you and I are going to have a conversation of how are we marking this stuff. Okay. And from your rough ideas, however rough they are, I can at least start to pencil something in. Yeah. And then I will look at the text and go, okay, so I think we've got our start point good. Now let's start to kind of expand and do, okay, better, better, better. And see, I guess for me, my usual question would be is sort of, so how do people you work with usually mark headlines or mark headings or whatever? Oh, specifically? No, 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 I'm just saying that would be my question to you if I was working with you. It's up to you. It's what you want to do. I know, but I mean, I'm more willing to, I'm... I, I, okay, I, okay. As far, yeah, as far as sharing general preferences, I mean... Yeah, I'm more than happy to share my preferences on how a style guide gets put together. I'm more than happy to tell you, here are the things that I'm expecting to see in it, and the questions I'm going to come back to you with. Um, After many years as a technical writer, I'm used to just doing things, whatever, however somebody wants it. 
See, that's going to be the change when you're the when it's your yeah, project. You're the one <laughs> who gets yeah. to say that. And it, it just it just comes to making a decision because you can always yeah. change your mind. Yeah. Yes. Um, because it's just oh, I don't want to use I don't want to use braces. I want to go back to chevrons. Fine. Okay. Awesome. Go for it. Use all the carrots you want. <laughs> Um, or use all the capital letters. Or fair enough. I guess as much too as making sure you've thought of the things that should be in there and this sort of thing. Yeah, and, but it, it's it's not set in stone. So if you go, oh, I totally forgot four things. Yes. We just it's add it fine. in. Yeah, yeah, and because it is a living, because it needs to be a living document. Whatever you forgot, it's fine. We'll figure it out. It'll yeah. get in there. It should not. This should not be a cause for stress. No. Oh no! 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 I That's what the writing is for. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> it, it frequently feels like a thing of stress. It really does. Like trying to get this all down, it can feel like a really big stressful thing. And you know, all too frequently, I put it off longer than I should, and then I'm you know looking back. How did I do this? That's okay. why I do it first. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'll forget. Bit I frequently don't know until I've gone through. Yeah. So like I. In an ideal world, I would make my style guide as I edit the first chapter or whatever. Um, you think they should in an ideal world? Yes. <laughs> um, the other thing is that your style guide very much is for your editor because your writer may do their best, but they're not going to cover everything, especially if you have a bunch of writers on it. Yeah. This The style guide is the editor's guide to getting everything to fit and sound the same. And... Um, counting on your writers to follow it. I mean, sure, again, in an ideal world, that would be great, but... Sometimes you know, they try. Sometimes oh, they often, make an effort. Often they try. Frequently they try. This is not maliciousness no. or, you know, laziness or whatever. It's just they're writing, you know, one section of this. You need to make sure that the entire book follows all of these criteria. And so, primarily, it's going to be for the editor to pull things together in the end. This is very much sort of a back-end document. Yep. Um, and again, that means it doesn't have. It needs to be useful, but it doesn't need to be pretty. Um, I've never made accessible. a pretty style guide. <laughs> They're not pretty things. They're just lists and boxes and side ideas and scribbled handwritten notes if I have to do it by hand. Yes. As someone who's like starting to work with InDesign, is there a set of markup that's really specific that like that's easily translated that we know most people who really use InDesign use? Yeah, that feels like Fred's. Easy to look at. I, I would probably go for the evil hat. Uh, okay. So it, it would look like uh, so. It's, it's a couple things. Does he put that on deadly friendly? No, uh, there's one post. It's got like two lines. So we will expand a little bit more. Um, so it's it's similar to HTML markup. Okay. So it's it's uh, let's call him a chevron. I don't know if that's the target. it's carrot or whatever. Yeah. The greater than, less than symbol. Yeah, angle brace. Angle brace. Thank you. I couldn't think of it. Uh, then it's B, I. Uh, don't really do U. And it's the, also the slash. Slash and the end and tag. Yeah. And then like what, H1, H2 for Yeah, H1 or H2. Sometimes it's just one and two. But you can also, apparently within design, you can make your own because evil hats are not the oh, ones that are. Gotcha. Yeah, you can, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. So like we have aspect, you know, aspect and aspect. And stunt. Stunt, yes. An example. Um, and so those are all unique to Evil Hat, but it apparently translates all nicely into InDesign because that's how he has it set up. You have a question? Yeah, man. Um, uh, uh, are you actually writing the markup in there? Or yes. Or yeah. Okay. So it's... So it's not like word styles. No, 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 no. So we'll tell them... I'll, I'll tell the Marvel word, uh, word style thing. So it's, it's angle brace B, angle brace... Uh, note colon. Well, actually, I, I I don't bold my colons, and it annoys Amanda. Uh, 
angle brace slash B angle brace colon text. Uh, I don't ask the I ask the writer to do their best in tagging at in tagging the elements of the book that need to be tagged uh, for evil hat it's aspects and stunts and stuff and stress and uh, for other stuff it's whatever and I, and I try to get and they're usually pretty good on the bold because it's sort of an obvious like I see bold or italics uh, it's the more tricky game item specific yeah. stuff where they skip and I have to go in and just go I mean I have a macro for it so it's yeah. just Right, those sort of things, do they usually tag them specifically with a style element like bold, or are they tagged with something like aspect? It depends for, on what it is. For okay. something, like, for instance, in Evil Hat stuff, aspects have a very specific thing that looks different depending on uh, what it is. But typically, yeah. it's small caps, frequently a different color. But Often it's a different f- font. Okay, but that's how you say it's, it's font, tagged right. style-wise as opposed to function-wise. Correct. Okay. Um, because it, it yeah, it's only about it's, style. It's a visual thing. Yeah. It's so that we know, yeah. ah, this phrase will stand out from the rest of the text. Yeah. No, what I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, yeah, it works both ways, isn't that? And so uh, that's that's a markup language. I find those infinitely easier because they are. Um, I don't care what you write them in. Then you can do it in Open Office. You can do it in Word. Yeah. You can do it in Notepad if you really wanted to. Yeah. I don't care. Where it gets uh, tricky is uh, word styles because uh, I didn't really like them. I didn't know what they were. I knew they, they, they cluttered my monitor, so I never really used them. And then you get into a project uh, where this is how we mark up things. So then you have to learn all about Format Painter, which allows you to uh, take a thing you've written from above and apply the same format to something below. So that way, when you're just going through text, and you, when you're done, then you can go, okay, I have to make all of these uh, third size headers, H3s. And I just, which is irritating because I take my hands off the keyboard to do it. And I, I stop this, the, the, the movement of text and idea, and now I'm, now I'm doing, and I slide, and I gotta highlight and click. And it's not as easy as a markup language where I can either macro it or do it without breaking my fingers. Well, to talk a little bit about styles versus uh Markup. Markup is incredibly flexible. Yeah. However, it also means that there are all these extra words and these angle braces all through your text, and there are people who cannot read that. Um, I can. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, I, but frequently, I get stuff without those in it because the writer cannot write with those in there and still keep the flow of everything. It just. It either distracts them or it irritates right. them or they. Don't do it. Cons- uh, uh, usually, what I end up doing is having to close all the damn tags. They're, they understand. I want this bold, and they just put B by it. Great. How much do you want bold? And I have to go back and ask them, which is <laughs> annoying, but doable because it's just a matter of okay, that's where we close it. And usually, when you read it, you can kind of get a sense of what you're bolding or italicizing or whatever. You you see it. Oh, you just mean to bold this phrase because it's it's the it's the thing you're talking about, or situationally, like I'm going to set this box off. But whatever you open, you have to close. Yeah. Now, styles are a whole lot easier to see. You know, you, you put it in the emphasis thing, and it'll be in italics. You put it in bold, and it'll be in bold. The thing is, when you have a bunch of people working on stuff, those do not travel from version of Word to version of Word very well at all. And they certainly don't travel outside of Word. No, not even remotely. So if somebody tries to get all snooty about Microsoft, and they're like, I use OpenOffice because it's OpenOffice and whatever. Um, or because I didn't want to pay $800 for this thing that's going to pay me 40 Torrent! So, um, 
what you can do around that is, uh, other than bitch a lot, you can uh, sort of uh, make sure you get the, the hard edit done and then go back and go, I have to keep an eye on writer X's style because I need to fix it and then I will write them a note. Seriously, just get the free trial, claim you're a student, do something. Um, and make this easier. And it won't travel. Like, they just don't. Uh, Open Office eats them. And InDesign hates them. Yeah. They're, they're just... Ugh. Now, I know... I'm working with a layout artist right now who prefers them. He's breaking my brain, but that's okay. He's good at what he does, and it's not my issue. Um, but I'm trying to get all these things into the proper style. Um, and it's working at this point. But it, it, is, it is always nerve-wracking. Um, and I am not necessarily going to know that it's worked until I see it in layout. My preference is the layout artist who will tell me, you do whatever you need to do to edit this thing, and I will make it work. Uh, I've seen that happen with two humans out of the seven or eight layout people I know. Two people. Uh, which is, one, a testament to uh, how great Daniel Solis is, and the other one to how flexible uh, Tiara is. Because it's just easier to go, all right, this is what I've done. We will have a separate conversation now about this is what this means. This is John speak. Like when I write a note, it's it's two angle braces, capital lock, John, dash, dash, note, brace, brace. And they're almost always like aggressive. Make this red. Be green. Stop. To move this. Um, because that way I know that when I'm reading it back on another pass, ah, I wrote myself a note. Or um, I will just write to them a. a, a so, this is confusing to me. I think it, I think they I think it's supposed to be two columns. I don't know. I, columns are another terrible thing. Uh, these are supposed to be two columns. Um, these words that sort of snake this way are one column, and those words all the way right uh, uh, justified are another. Uh, good luck. Well, I think that's another thing. Your your word document should never look like it should look in layout. No. Some of the biggest problems that people have had in the ways that they've screwed things up is by trying to find their own way to match the style of the, the books in print. And that is not what you're trying to do. Um, I don't want you changing the fonts and making it into small caps when it's an aspect. We have our own way of doing that. You just type the words. Um, and so when you are making your style guide, that's important to keep in mind. These are just notes to your layout person who will go and do their job. Um it, you should not be attempting to make it look like anything. These are just marks. Yes. Okay. Yes, Paul. Um, that, that, I, that I think is one of the benefits of using markup over styles for me as a writer is that when I'm writing it, I can make it look like whatever the hell I want Yep. and then just strip all of that out before I send it to my editor. Yep. Yes, you did. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, it made my life a lot easier. And, and that's... That's the critical part. We're just trying. We, we will all do our jobs. We all prefer to do our jobs in the easiest, most efficient fashion possible. So the uh, style guide needs to have some. Even though it's living and flexible, it needs to have boundaries. Um, there are there exist companies who have uh, style guides in excess of sixty to eighty pages. Yes, I'm. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and I I look at them. And I go, okay. But they're also covering a wealth of material. And my, I have made suggestions to these specific people going, why don't you slice them? Why don't you go, this is how we do these products. Here's the style guide. And they look at me and go, that sounds like extra work. And it is. But it's ultimately easier on the writer. 
which is why I try to keep my style guide specifically shorter. Because I can always just make, you know, style guide for text, go. And if I need to, after that done, add a page for layout guys, just look at this page, I can do that without having to cover the span of years and products and try to squeeze everything in because the writer, whomever they might be, they don't need all that information. They have enough going on. They have to do the X number of words and they've got to do it a certain way at a certain time. And they don't care how you want to handle columns if they're not writing columns or tables. If they just have to write text, give them the text part. Just copy it, paste it, make it simple for them so that they can do their job. So that later you can look at the whole thing and do your job. And then layout can do their job. Do you ever get like editing with people who do their own layout and want to have a, want to sort of work semi directly in InDesign or something? I've done a little bit of that. The thing is that we then have to have InDesign, okay, which is expensive even with the yeah. subscription, and it's also one of the least intuitive programs on the planet. <laughs> and it's really, really easy for someone who's not experienced with it to mess it up. So, I, I just say no. Okay. I tried to make that a skill that I had, and then they came out with a new version, and I was like, that was it. <laughs> I, I took an adult school class on InDesign. I, I lasted two classes. Um, it's not for me. So uh, if, uh, if you want to do it in InDesign yourself because you're feeling adventurous, that's great. I'm proud of you. But you prefer if I was working with you an editor to write it first of all, and then do it later. I, I don't want to see your finished book. I want to help you make your finished book. Right. So... And the other problem is, um, and I do this with proofing, if, um, if your thing's done, if it's yeah. gone, if I'm getting a PDF and you're like, do your proof editing now. Um, it makes me cry because if I suddenly find that you need a comma here or you've got a thing in the wrong spot, um, if I start monkeying around with it, it shifts and wraps all the stuff around and I've made your day worse all because you needed a comma. So when I work with whomever, I will applaud their efforts with InDesign, but that is sorcery to me. And I will stick just simply with, show me the blueprints, not the finished thing, not the near finished thing. I want to work with the blueprints because there's white space there. There's space I can edit and there's stuff I can do. Yeah. When I look at the PDF, I'm like, the PDFs to me seem inflexible. Okay, because see, to me, I'd see it as you would just mark it up somehow, put a note and say, yeah, add a comma. Notes aren't enough. Okay. Because if you start, let's say you write a thing and it's awful. Yeah, you can put huge notes. But well, if I have too many notes, I can't see the text. No, if, it's, if you're at the proofreading point, though, I want to yeah. see the PDF before it goes out. Yeah. I, when I do my proofing round, I want to see what it looks like. Okay. But at that point, all this other stuff all should be done. Better be, but it better only be a missing comma. Yeah. You know? Or oh my gosh, we forgot to change that person's name there. And we left X X Y or something. And then that's yeah. all going to be notes sent to the person who does layout. Yeah, um, I'm working on a novel right now for Evil Hat, and our it has been proofed in PDF, but it's going to be enough proofing that I'm just going to get take the word doc back, yeah. <laughs> and he's going to lay it out later because that's just going to be easier than okay. me making all of the. It is always easier to work in Word or Pages or whatever your text editor is. Yeah, always, always, always. Um, for me, it's a visual aesthetic thing. The little stupid yellow cartoon bubble for notes distracts me from the PDF, and if if well, I have it blocks to, text. yeah, if I have to if I have to do that because whatever reason it's blocking a thing that I also still have to read, because I don't know if that's also a problem too, because it's not like a it's it might be a digital representation of me sticking a post-it note on your shit, yeah, but 
No. Just what closes? Don't care. Okay. Don't care. Use a text editor. You were using one before. Let's stay with that. Now, after you've laid out a game book, you, you know, once it's in InDesign, yeah, that's you don't want to start doing the text and having to reflow usually. No, bad things happen. A novel is a lot easier. Yeah. What other questions? Hi. Hey. Yes. yes. I'm curious as to uh, have have there been. I know that like nothing set in stone, but in various types of game design. Have there been trends that have come and gone? Have people killed their styles? Yeah. Uh, whether or not you cap uh, a game term mm. is the never-ending one, and I, I prefer to be somewhere in the middle, but the companies I work for tend to go to one extreme or the other. Okay. Um, what, what does somewhere in the middle look like, then? So it's not consistently... I mean, you would always consistently cap certain words, but you wouldn't cap every game every. term. Okay. Um, any, to some extent, any term that you're using that may also show up in the text just because you're speaking English right. probably ought to be capped. Right. That would be my general rule on it because you want to make it clear that you are using this specifically as a game term here. Uh, can I give and, an example? Sure. Consequence. Yes. It's a word we use in English. It's a good word. It has some traction. But it's also a game term in some games. Mm-hmm. How do I distinguish between the two? They're both lowercase. I don't know when you're talking game and when you're talking the outcome of an actual example. So cap when appropriate, especially if it's a word duplicated elsewhere. Okay. Yep. If it's just a word, like you're going to capitalize chair. But like protagonist and protagonist. Kind of if, they're, if you're using them in different cases, yes. Yeah. If they're situationally different, yes. Yeah. Okay. So what about a word like, say, characteristic? Is that important to your game? Is, is it a, does it have a mechanical purpose? Oh, I know that you're referring to a... Yeah, if you, if you call attributes... Attributes. If you call attributes uh, characteristics, yeah. then yes, capitalize it. Capitalize But if you... Uh, and I would try to... if Especially for a word... Especially for a, a term or an idea where you can call them stats, attributes, ability points, okay. whatever. Standardize your language. Yes. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're not using synonyms, especially when they lead sentences, mm-hmm. because then you will confuse the reader oh, yeah. who will think that <laughs> ability, which is your game term, is also characteristic, because if you use characteristics... In a sentence, two two lines after you've you know placed the term in bold, don't conf- uh, tonight when I do the why do you hate your readers panel, where I will talk about the things that annoy readers. Um, that's one of them. Yes. Uh, similarity in language that is too close without modification. Right. So that's a trend. Uh, yeah. Another trend is how you ma- how much how many tables, uh, how big are they? Sidebars too. Sidebars are they shaded? Do you indicate them especially? Do they use like that weird, stupid word gradient thing going on? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I mean, most of that's layout. But, yeah. Um, one other thing about sidebars, they are so handy. They are really, really I useful. I love a good sidebar. You put five of them too close together, and your layout person is crying. Yes. Because they, there is no way to move them around <laughs> and still make the text flow in any Yeah, they become their own way. column. Yeah. Uh, sidebar should be short. That would be another thing to keep in mind for a style guide. Uh, Don't go over five paragraphs. It'll make your layout person cry. Yeah, short. Paragraphs. And if you can't say it, in, if the writer can't say it in five paragraphs, uh, edit it. If you can't edit it down to five paragraphs, it's not a sidebar. It should be in the main text. Yeah. Um, let's see what else? Oh, and another thing that you might mention going back to the game terms is okay, like aspects and fate. That means you need to not use the word aspect in the text. You need to use a synonym for that. 
and calling that out to a writer who might be used to using the word aspect because it's a really useful word. Yeah. Um, calling that out in your style guide if you're going to be handing that to a writer that you uh, that isn't you. Do not use the following terms right. in general sense. Yeah. Exactly. And, and maybe thing. maybe include some synonyms that you like because as soon as you get into synonyms, they all have their own context, their own baggage. So yeah. that might be something that you would want to consider doing. Um, not going overboard with your game terms is also a really good plan. You don't use as many as you think. Yeah, and you start taking words out of the writer's hands because you've made them all game terms. Like, I have no words left. Your product still has to be read. So the more terms... The the fewer... I should do it this way. The fewer terms a player or a reader has to juggle in order to accomplish the thing you want them to do makes it easier for them to do the thing, which makes them excited, which means they'll play the thing, which means they'll tell somebody. You can also put a limit on exclamation points, which is what I'm fond of. You get three in this chapter. Use them carefully. Oh, I, I go by book. You get five. <laughs> uh, the other issue is also adverbs. Um, I burn mine with fire. No, oh, I like adverbs. Depends this is how we disagree. <laughs> Shut it, Paul. <laughs> I, oh, all, all adverbs, and, cl- and not just the ly obvious ones, like the implicated ones. In the, in the, no, gone. Use either use a stronger verb, or restructure the sentence to actually paint me a picture. Don't. Add volume knobs to things. Meh, That's sometimes that gives you 500 pages when an adverb would have saved you plenty. Gives me more anyway. to edit. <laughs> <laughs> now you know which.